All right, I am here. I'm back, back in the studio uh, at the Wynn Hotel Resort and Casino here in Las Vegas, Nevada. I've been going back and forth to Phoenix, so I keep going from hot to hotter, but uh, it's good to be home, despite the fact that I'm dealing with three kids that are sick at the moment. Anybody else, a parent out there? It's going around. Have fun with that. Three kids throwing up. Wonderful stuff. But uh, I am at Blue Wire Studios today, which means I'm not in that wonderful world of parenthood. I am uh, in one of the best spots in the world. And again, I just want to reiterate this. This time of year, it's kind of fun to have this job, especially this time of day, because of the the, the people that I get to, to I, I do this people watching thing while the podcast goes on. It's, it, we're not live, obviously, but these people can hear me. They can hear my voice. So they keep looking in here. And the, the voice of God is... Uh, is upon them. And that's me. Anyway, uh, we're just coming on the heels of the U.S. Uh, game yesterday. A lot of talk about Pulisic's comments about disappointed with the fan support. There was 26,000 total seats. 20-something showed up and he's pissed about it. So what? There's a, somewhere there's a wah, wah, wah in there. All I will say, though, the 3 nothing victory over Morocco was very impressive. It was. I'll talk you through the lineups and we'll go, uh, we'll, we'll take a look at that in a second because I thought it was a pretty good performance. I did say, however, prior to this game, don't get too wrapped up in it, okay? Don't make it one of those things where you, you believe that this is real because there was nothing real about yesterday. And I'll, I'll explain that. Three nothing victory. Uh, Aronson, uh, Tim, and Haji Wright back in the team. I will discuss that because I do think there's something there. There's a lot there, actually. And what I mean by that is this is one of their boys, meaning the Fab Four. <laughs> I mean, remember, we keep talking about those guys when it, when it comes to Reyna, McKinney, Adams, and uh, Pulisic. And we, have, we always talk about those four. They were very happy to see their friend, Haji Wright, score and to be back in the team. Even though it was a penalty kick, just pay attention to the, 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 everyone's social media accounts. You know, they, they, they're really rooting for him. And I think, I think it's something that uh, we're going to end up talking about, a lot about. It's been that, that, that seat has been a revolving door. No, nobody knows who our center forward is going to be. It does change things when you have the entire midfield rooting for one guy and actually wanting him on the field. I don't know what kind of relationships they have behind the scenes and how they talk to their manager, but it, this one, and being a guy that's played for the national team for a long time, I know what that, that hot seat is like. And uh, it seems that Wright might be the right guy. Uh, in other news, of course, Ukraine. They defeat Scotland 3-1. to one, um, And they will now face Wales. That's on Sunday. That's that, that final spot. And let's face it, the winner is going to be the first game, the U.S., in, in the World Cup. So we're all going to be paying attention to that. Messi and company, they beat Italy 3 nothing uh, in this crazy little final Misma thing that they've created, Copa America versus Euros. So Copa America uh, through Messi, they get a trophy. Whether you guys want to think that's a real trophy or a manufactured trophy, it's besides the point. It's a trophy. So they're going for the trifecta now. If they can figure out how to win the World Cup, uh, they'll have three of those trophies, which seem, uh, seem uh, fairly important, meaning the World Cup is important. But the other two, you know, let, let's face it, that's a, that's a good little run for a guy that has been criticized on numerous occasions. He'll never be Maradona until he wins the World Cup, despite all of his accolades and how long he's lasted. Uh, in other uh, transfer news, I guess, and I'll get back to the national team in a second, but it's getting kind of interesting. So uh, Rudiger is officially signed with Real Madrid. 
So, you know, it kind of sucks to be him, doesn't it? Here they are coming off of, a, you know, the Champions League. There's, there's the guys in his team that have won it five times. So if they don't win it next year, he's, he's the problem. That's kind of, that's tricky. That's, tr- that's a tricky, tricky one. Uh, Dybala looks like he's linked to enter Milan uh, and Chiellini's on his way to LA. So I think that's kind of cool. You know, Chiellini, he's a, he's, if you don't know who he is, he's captain uh, Italy for many years. They're not going to the World Cup. He's, he's clearly getting up there in age. I don't know what the exact age is, but kind of a fun deal. Fun place to retire. Because <laughs> let's face it, that's what he's doing. He's, he's going to come here and he's going to retire. And I don't know if he plays golf or what his other interests are, but we'll find out. We'll find out. The other uh, one that we know is very interesting Interested in golf is Gareth Bale, who gets to hold up five fingers uh, because he uh, he's a part of that crew that has won five Champions Leagues. So congratulations to him, even though he didn't step on the field the other day. But he is also available. One of the most expensive players of all time is now available on what we would call a free transfer. So MLS, here I come. The other news, I guess, Manchester United is going to have a complete overhaul. I mentioned this six months ago. I'm going to have to talk about it for the next six minutes, but... Let's make it six seconds. Pogba, Lingard, Juan Mata, they're all leaving. It looks like Pogba's on his way back to Italy. He seemed seemed to um, enjoy that time a little bit more. He sent a nice message to the Manchester United faithful, uh, thanking them for the support and whatnot. It's it's so interesting when you you see those kind of situations. We saw Di Maria sent a a nice little message out. And then after he got out and he signed somewhere else, man, he he was a fireball. He was just blasted off about how horrible that place was and how much he hated it. So- you know, take it for what it's worth. A nice message from Pogba. We'll see how he handles the uh, the other side of this transfer. But let's go back to the U.S. team, okay? Because I watched the game in, in stints. I didn't watch in its entirety. And, and after the second goal went in, and, and I'd encourage you to do this, watch the guy defending Tim Ware. Just watch. Watch it. And that's not a guy that's in an important game. That's a guy that's going, oh, God, I got to run three yards. So I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from the accomplishment, but when last week, when I was saying, or actually this week, when I was saying, don't marry yourself too much to the idea that this is, uh, that this is a, an, a, a result that we're going to look at and say, wow, this is, there's a lot of Americans out there that do that. They do just that. They're going to they're gonna start basing all of their, their, their future hopes on, on one performance, which is a friendly in Cincinnati that, um, so we got a couple of good goals and some good opportunities and, and Morocco certainly had their, their, their chances and turn, you know, turn them all away. I don't know who that silly guy was that said, Sean Johnson's better than Turner. Tweeted that out, wrote a big story. And then it was like, oh, okay, that wasn't fair to Sean Johnson because Turner had a good performance. But all in all, uh, you know, looking at that first goal and some of the comments coming out of this, and we'll get to the Pulisic's comments in a, in a second about how he was dissatisfied with the support. I don't know. Maybe he's got a maybe he's got a, a a deal with the federation that he gets a percentage or something, and he he looks up and starts counting heads. I don't know, but it, you know that's that's this is summer. The kids are out of school. I have argued this point for years, years. This is why MLS, if we're being honest here, is not. The, on the right schedule. It's not, it, 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 yes, it's because we need to be on the, on the schedule for all the obvious reasons, like keeping our players healthy and engaging in the transfer market. But the other part is, if, you, if you're, you know, in the way it used to be, is it was all about ticket sales. I'm telling you right now, do your research. I'm not going to expound on this. I, I, I really don't care that much. 
I, I tried. I tried to run for president. I tried to change things. It, it, it wasn't going to happen because there's too many people married to this idea. The reality of it is, is when people, when, when human beings have a family and their kids are out of school, they're not coming to a soccer game. They have other options now. There's other stuff to do. And it is a proven fact that it, when, it gets, when the kids get back into school in September, October, November, it's, it's almost like a treat. It's a Friday, Friday night, Saturday night thing that you can really engage in. You can, you can plan and you can go. The U.S. national team playing in Cincinnati on June 1st isn't on everybody's list. The kids just got out of school. I'm a parent. My wife and I are dealing with it right now. I mentioned it. I've already got sick kids. It's just not an option. And here's also why it's not an option. The United States Soccer Federation has decided to make these ticket prices so damn expensive that it's literally, if you wanted, if I wanted to take my family to Cincinnati, let's say I lived in Cincinnati, it would cost me $1,200 at the minimum just to go. You got 1200 bucks to watch a soccer game? You can have more fun having a picnic in the park for 12 bucks as a family. The United States Soccer Federation are, are very greedy. That is the word that you, that's the only word that describes them. They believe now that they have the fan base. Look at us. We're so, thank you fans, all of that bullshit. They're not making it affordable for people that actually want to support this team. So as much as, as Christian Pulisic wants to complain about who wasn't there, sorry, buddy, they're not as rich as you. Sorry. People don't have 1200 bucks to go to a damn soccer game. They don't. They don't. People don't have $400 to go on a date. You can go to a baseball game for less than that now. And the Reds suck. I would have rather gone to the Cincinnati Reds game than watch that. Because I just can't make sense of the $400 I just spent to watch a bunch of guys from Morocco jog around. Now, I had this thing. This is why I'm in trouble with Greg Berhalter. Is because earlier this year, they played against Bosnia, Herzegovina. And, and I made a statement on Twitter that said that our whole country is a sham. Now, I got a little bit, I, I, I got some flack for that. I actually got the text message from Greg Berhalter. Bruh. Like, like, really? Like, and the point is, is I watched that game and I watched a very subpar Bosnian team and they got a red card early. So they, and, and then we couldn't score. We couldn't even break them down. We finally get a goal at the end. We beat them one, nothing. And everybody goes, wow, we're great. We beat a European team. Go look at the list of those guys. Try and figure out where they're playing. I don't, I don't even, I didn't know one name. The point was, is at the end of the game, they held up this sign that said, Thank you, fans. And they went all the way down to the end of the fan block, which was mainly populated with, with, uh, with all of the, you know, the, the diehards and the ultras. And there, there they are. I mean, and, they, and that, that part of the stadium was, was fairly crowded. The other part of LA was completely blank. There was thousands and thousands of empty seats. Now, my problem was, is once those guys got their media, you know, social media shot of them being good guys and holding up a thank you fans, and they, they fulfilled their obligation to the Federation who was asking them to go over there and hold up that sign, 
they managed to come back to the bench, grab their belongings, me and their shoes and their shin guards, and walk right past the kids hanging over the railing asking for an autograph. And if you don't see the hypocrisy in that, then you're just a freaking idiot. And that's not where I come from. In my day, if there was three people there, those three people were getting an autograph. But going over there to hold up a sign and pretend like you appreciate the fans and then walk past the four fans you actually have, that's not how we do this. Federation, just for the record, is not going to get their act together. It's not going to happen. They will continue to try and bleed you dry to go watch a game that you can't afford. And that's the reality of what happened. So, Christian, I'm sorry, buddy. I, I get it. You're, you're pissed. You're pissed. And you, and you actually had an unbelievable moment in this game. Zimmerman's ball over the top, the way you brought it down and the assist to Aronson was beautiful. And, yeah, it's going to make the reel and it's going to be on TV. And you can, you can post it on your Instagram account which no longer includes Chelsea. And we can all sit here and complain about where is he going? Where is he going? Why isn't he appreciated? Well, he just showed his, that he's not appreciated. He's appreciating you. So you know, now we have a two-way street. Interesting stuff though. But let's go over the performance because I, I do believe that you, know, you can take something from this. Um, I do think uh, the group that, that, that took the field Certainly, you know, had an objective. Uh, it was to play a, a certain way, and, and they, they, they have accomplished that. A 3 nothing victory looks great, great uh, on the score sheet, and it will look great when history, when we look back in history and we, we start looking at the, the kind of year or the kind of tenure, I guess, that Greg Berhalter has had. And you can't count Morocco as a European side. They actually are, they fall into the African category. <laughs> it's amazing how many people mix that up. Like geography, did, did anybody engage in that uh, when they were younger? But you know, Morocco is is uh, you know that uh, that upper northern peak of uh, of Africa, and I got I actually made the slate yesterday. I don't know if you guys caught this. Did you guys catch this? No. During the game, they said before prior to this three nothing win, there was only two people that had ever scored against Morocco, and I was one of them. So I made their uh, I made their stat sheet. I'm the only American still to this day who's been able, managed to score on all five continents. So I'm kind of proud of that. But I did score against Morocco. I was uh, in Germany at the time playing on a, on a loan deal to uh, Saarbrück in my old club. And I flew into uh, Morocco. I, I actually roomed with Frankie Hayduke, which is kind of funny because if you know Frankie, he's just crazy. And he's fun to be with. And he's a great, and he never complains. He just runs. Was he the best player? No. Is he, is he one of the best teammates you're ever going to have? Yes. But what that guy kept doing, because he's just him, you know, he doesn't know any better. We would we'd walk through the lobby and there was this guy, you know, just sitting there, squatting down on the floor and, and he was making tea every day. So every time we'd walk out through the lobby, we'd make our way to the bus or we'd go to lunch or whatever. There was this guy just sitting there drinking tea and offering it to people. So, Clearly, it was interesting to, to Frankie, so he indulged, and, and every single day, he would sit with this dude. We were only there for the three days, but he'd sit with this guy and just drink his tea. We played the game, and that dude was throwing up for hours. It was like he, he couldn't stand, he couldn't be in, he wouldn't be in the bed next to me for t more than 10 minutes. He'd go, oh, no, bro, <laughs> get up again. That tea went right through him. 
We lost the game, I believe, two to one. Chad Deering got the assist on my goal. Proud of that. Proud of that. It was a good goal. It's a good goal. Bruce Serena was the coach at the time. I think it may have been the last goal I ever scored for the national team. Actually, that's not true. It was the last goal scored in the decade. Somebody brought me brought this to my attention that in the 90s for the U.S. national team, I scored the first goal of the decade and the last goal of the decade, which is just a bizarre stat. But it's factual. So, you know, I get to claim that one too. But going into this, into this game, let's look, at, let's look at Brendan Aronson, for example. He looks the part. He's playing a, a central position. He's very active. And I think what I love about Aronson, which is different, you can go through the qualification process and you'll see this as well. He is very good at, at, at transitional recognition. Now, let me try and break that down for you because that might confuse some people. He's a risk taker. Let's just put it that way. And that's why I like him. And that's also why I like he's, the fact he's wearing 11. But he takes risks. And, and I think in, in my mind, and I'll have to ask Jesse if this is true, is that is their methodology. You know, the Red Bull, whether that be in New York or Austria or in Germany, part of their principles is to create chaos. And in those chaotic moments, can they recognize the moments to expose the defense who is in a different posture in that moment? And instead of getting caught stagnant, you take the risk and you take off. You follow plays. You're, you're very transitional. Like when, when, you see, when you see the first penetrative pass happen, uh, for example, the, the, the one over the top to um, um, Pulisic from Zimmerman in this particular game, go back and look at Aronson's starting point. As soon as that ball is hit, he is head down and off to the races. Now, this is a part of Greg Berhalter's ideas. And this is something that he has criticized guys like Luca De, 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 De La Torre for because he did, wasn't happy with his transitional moments. That's a different kind of player. But getting into the attack and, and being, uh, I, I guess you would say De La Torre is a connector. He's not a penetrator. He's not going to be a guy that looks for those spots. But Aronson is. He certainly is. And one of the things that you'll notice about him is in those transitional moments, he's quick. He is quick. He's got a long stride and, and he throws you off. He's just a little bit quicker. Uh, than you might think. I mean, if go, go even go back earlier this year, uh, they're watching Salzburg played against uh, Bayern, for example. And, you know, they were getting beat pretty bad, but there was, a, there was a moment in that game where he broke free and he was just a, a step quicker than the midfielder who tried to make the tackle. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because in that transitional moment, two, three yards is everything. When you're coaching guys to, to figure out how to be risk takers, as I would say, and the risk reward of how you want to play um, you're going to get on the end of stuff if you take risks. You're going to be late to the party if, you're, if you don't. Or someone's going to have a last-ditch tackle or the play doesn't work out, whatever it might be. Aronson has got that part of the game figured out. And I'll go back to Jesse Mars on that one because it's something that he mentioned to me a long time ago about Aronson, and it's holding true now. As you can see in a couple of moments, um, of how he understands that I don't want to dribble you. I just want to get ahead of you. And that's a big part of the methodology uh, and the style of play that when, when, you, when you play in that framework, whether that be in Salzburg or Leipzig or anywhere else. And the reason why I like it is because, you know, if, if you look at a guy like Aronson, that's the reason why he's going to connect with a guy like Adams because Adams is playing in the same sort of system. 
right? So you have guys that are understanding transitional moments and that's why they are in selection. So we can complain all we want. We can have people out there say, oh, look at it. We scored three goals and MLS had nothing to do with it. I saw somebody put that out today on Twitter. They said that the person that must have sent this text was cringing as they were typing it because none of the MLS players had any impact on this game. And that's not necessarily true. So, and don't do that. It's the national team. If the fans start separating the group into two groups and say, well, MLS guys and Europe, European guys, that's, that's counterproductive. Do yourself a favor, don't do it. It doesn't work. It's, it's not going to help us. But in the, uh, in, in the end, I think that when we're looking at the selection of which players are playing and how Musa gets in there and how Tim Weah gets in there, uh, how Haji Wright fix, you know, fits into all of this. And again, I would definitely say that uh, the reality of the situation is, hello, boys, enjoy Vegas. Can you hear my voice? All right. The reality is, is that it's going to take commitment, but it's also going to take understanding. And the way it works on the national team, just to be clear, is it's forced friendship. It's a bunch of guys who came from everywhere who are used to being treated like the best wherever they are. And sometimes they stick their thumb in their mouth and they, they get a little bit, uh, a little bit baby-like, if you will. And, and I'm not saying Christian Pulisic is doing that, but I'm saying that he's falls into that category where he's, he's expecting a different kind of treatment. And, that, and to a certain extent, it's deserved. But other guys, when you come into the team, you are trying to find your place. You are not necessarily trying to make friends. It's a weird thing. It's a very strange thing because you're there to do a job. You're there to beat out somebody else and convince your manager that you're the best option to represent the United States of America. So you have to be professional about it but you're not, it's a hard thing to root for the other guy sometimes. And what you find, and what I think, uh, when you look at the, like, like, like Roldan, for example, the reason why this guy's in there, okay, is because he's a good teammate and he's going to do his job when asked to, when asked to do it. He's never going to complain. And he's not, and he's, and he's going to understand what's, he's going to ask questions. He's going to do the job. Not everybody's like that. Playing on the national team, is not easy. You know, once you get into a big game, it, nobody cares. You have to deal with the disappointment of not playing or uh, be prepared to, 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 to play when, when called upon. If you start, you understand the responsibility. By then, it's a group. In this phase, in this phase, it's very difficult. And the situation that Haji Wright is now in as a player who understands the opportunity. The last four or five guys couldn't have messed this up any better for him. And I've said this time and time again, watch what happens. It's all about form. This will not be the first player in U.S. soccer history that plays in a World Cup that never even touched the field in a qualifier. Look it up. It's factual. And it's all about form. And if Haji Wright finds his form right now, he's the guy. Now, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is in that forced friendship speech and all that stuff and how hard it is to be a part of this team. You've got the whole damn team, as far as the midfield is concerned, rooting for you. That's nothing against Sargent. That's nothing against PFOC. It's nothing against anybody else or DK that, that, that could possibly be a, a striker option. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with these boys want to be on the field together. That's what I feel. I, I feel that when I see them play. I feel that when I see them embrace after a goal. I see that when the game is over. 
and the way that they engage with each other and the way they smile at each other. They're rooting for this kid. Go back. Go back and look at the photos, man. They were on the U-17s. They were stars together. And, you know, some stars are brighter than others in, in the first phase. But these guys, it looks like they want to be a constellation. That's, that's what it looks like to me. There's just one missing star that completes the, whatever the hell this thing is going to look like. But that's their star. That's their guy. I, uh, they can deny it. We can all pretend like it's not happening. That's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. And that's okay. That's okay. Hey, let's not all get crazy about this. You know, Zaji Wright and Brendan Aronson, what if they become? What if Tim Webb? Like, that's going to be that three. And when you can't fit them all in, right? And Pulisic needs to be on the field, right? So if, if, if he's on the field, who are the other two? And who does Pulisic want to play with? These are things that, you know, it's, it's just the reality of the situation. And how much, and how much is Greg Berhalter willing to bend? When it comes to what he wants and recognizing what the team wants. This is the way it works. And that will be the way it works. Right, so they jump ahead. They got, um, so we still have another game this, uh, this week. And um, before we get to Grenada and uh, El Salvador at the end, but there'll be some, there'll be some changes. Uh, and I, I, I believe that, that um, we might see another Haji Wright appearance. I don't know how he'll manage the minutes. And you know, looking at, I'm going to go back and look at uh, who was available because, uh, you know, this is the hard part about being the head coach of the national team. It, it just is. It's hard. And you get a lot of personalities and whatnot, but you're trying to manage minutes and you're trying to figure out how you're going to get everybody in. How, you know, there is a plan going in. Let's, let's face it. But this starting lineup of, uh, you know, so we had, you know, Cannon, Zimmerman, Long, Robinson, Long. Didn't play bad, by the way. He didn't. Musa, Adams, Aronson from that deeper spot. Tim Weah, Ferreira started the game. Pulisic kind of out in that left pocket. You know, if you really look at the lineup from Morocco, it looked, to me, it looked like a 5-3-2, but uh, they didn't know how to hold a line to save their life. I mean, that ball over the top was, uh, was uh, you know, route one soccer, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, the good news is we got, we got De La Torre on the field. Malik Tillman got some minutes, and Haji Wright gets in there. Carter Vickers gets some, some minutes, and Joe Scally finally uh, makes his way onto the field. Limited minutes, but still. Still, that's something that um, that's important. Of course, Weston McKinney coming back after that long injury was it was uh, it was great to see him back on the field. The only ones that didn't participate were Yedlin, Ariola. I guess Eric Palmer Brown didn't get out there. Roldan was still smiles even though he sat the bench. Bello and Sean Johnson. I don't I don't know what he's going to do in the goalkeeping position, but um, I expect uh, yeah, it, that's a hard one. That's a hard one to figure out. So I mean, if 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 we're being honest here, take for take it for what it's worth. It was a good game. Uh, it was a great result. Um, it's something that I guess I guess we could uh, now look forward and say, you know, coming into this game against Uruguay, you know, this is a tough opponent. They're going to play tonight versus Mexico. And um, uh, that'll be an interesting one. I'm sure they'll be all paying attention and watching that one. So Uruguay will be clearly on a quicker turnaround. But... Uh, all things being equal, that's a different game. It's a different style. It's the it's a South American style, and and uh, let's see who takes the field for for Uruguay and and how that all 
uh, runs its course. But um, all things being equal, celebrate it if you want and, and understand that this is the kind of game that can, can give you some, some false sense of security, but it also it allows us to get a peek behind the curtain sometimes of what might be really going on in the minds of these guys. That was, you know, a pretty quick sequence. You know, Aronson gets it in the 26 and Tim Way scores, what, four minutes later, five minutes later. And, there, and I don't think there was ever a case where you thought, okay, well, we're in trouble. A couple of saves from Turner, but all in all, if, if you're Greg Berhalter, you're saying, this is my work. And that's okay. That's completely okay. All right. Well, um, look, enjoy uh, the rest rest of the weekend. I mean, we're just spinning out of the Memorial Day weekend, which screwed me up on on trash day. I'm one of those dummies that forgot that they put an extra day on the trash deal. And I I was out there running around in my underwear and not realizing that uh, I've got one more day. Good thing nobody saw that. Uh, I've got to get back to a sick family. Uh, Hopefully we'll be well soon enough. And I hope you don't catch this thing. Every single parent I've talked to, this week in Las Vegas, spinning out of the, it's, it's almost like they just threw the Lysol away in the last, last uh, week of school because every single kid has this thing right now. Parents aren't getting it. They're not, but the kids are at stomach ache, can't eat, throwing up. Wonderful way to start your summer. I don't know if this thing's hit Cincinnati, but that might be an excuse not to go to the game too. Either way, uh, the U.S. national team will play against Uruguay in a couple of days. I will be back next weekend or next week uh, to discuss, uh, and we will go through all of uh, what I think might be the realities of a, a, a roster that's coming together fairly early, a lot earlier than we might have thought. But we still got three games on this slate over the summer before these guys get a bit of a break. But I think this Haji Wright thing is real. I was all about TK. I was all about him. He's got some injury issues, but uh, I thought he looked the part. But until he until he had the the shoulder injury, and then he's had a couple of injuries on top of that. But you know, and, and we're not even having this discussion if Pifol puts the puts the chance away, uh, provided by Reina in in, in Azteca. So it's it's just it's just how crazy it can be, and it's how crazy the confidence of of one player, or actually the the fact that we have several players who have confidence in the player or are providing confidence to the player in Haji Wright. That's the reason why it might end up being the part. Even if he plays poorly, he'll be much more protected than someone like Ricardo Pepe or Sargent or DK or Pifok or anybody else who's been up there up top. It could be Ariola, it could be Ferreira, but it doesn't matter. I just don't feel, I don't feel the same about how these guys feel. And I'm just making an observation here. Not trying to cause a problem, not trying to stir the pot. I'm just saying our team is coming together. And oddly enough, it's exactly what I expected. Guys that have never been a part of the group and are taking advantage of a summer with a little bit of pressure off to convince a coach that you might be the right piece. I hope Joe Scally's in that list too. I know we're all pissed off that John Brooks isn't here. But... Uh, that's a personal thing with Greg Berhalter more than anything else. All right. For the meantime, that is it. I, it is, is one o'clock in the afternoon, which means what am I doing inside? I got to get outside. Well, actually, I got to get back to the family. But in the meantime, enjoy yourselves out there. As I always say, be kind to each other, respect and accept each other. And you're going in the right direction in life. Try to breathe. Just breathe and smile more. Smiling is contagious. More people smiling, 
better the world looks. Be good out there. Bye.